Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have to give my daughter-in-law credit for this word right here. We were on vacation with them. We were sitting in the, in the place that they were staying at. We were sitting there one evening. And she made the statement, you know, when you go on vacation, you leave, to enjoy your vacation, you got to leave all the junk at home. And I'm not talking about your toys that you play with. I'm talking about all the worry. You got to leave that at home. You got to leave your job at home. You got to leave everything at home to enjoy your vacation. She made the statement that day. We were sitting there just visiting. And she said, you have to check your brain at the door. That's the title of this word. I told her. said, I'm probably going to use that. I felt it when she said it. Check your brain at the door. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have to check our brain at the door. We have to do that in the natural if we're going to go on vacation and enjoy ourselves. We've got to check our brain at the door. Leave all that stuff, other stuff behind. Leave mowing that yard behind. It don't matter if it's a foot tall when you get home. You'll take care of it. Hallelujah. But that's where this revelation come from. Romans 8, 6 through 7. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But the carnal mind is enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Be carnal minded is death. So if carnal minded is death, spiritually minded is life. There's always a, you know, there's a head and a tails to it. There's a flip side. The Bible says the little foxes spoil the vine. Well, the little wrong things spoil the vine. The little right things produce, make a harvest. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Y'all know, when I was praying the other day and God said this, he said, hell has benefits. That sounds kind of contradictory to me. Hell has benefits. Let's go to Hebrews. 
Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25. Hebrews eleven twenty-five says, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So hell has benefits. It's pleasures of sin for a season. You can enjoy the benefits of hell for a season. Think about that. (laughs) We can enjoy the benefits of hell for a season. Doing what I want to do. When I want to do it. We can enjoy that benefit for a season. How about let's go to 1 Corinthians 8. Verse 1. First Corinthians chapter eight, verse one. It says, Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Knowledge can puff you up. Knowledge can make you prideful. Knowledge will make you arrogant. And you can enjoy that for a season. You can enjoy being prideful. You can enjoy having so much knowledge. You can enjoy, I know more than they do. I've seen it. I'll give you, I can give you three examples when I worked out at the mill. There is something that comes with uh, different areas. If you've worked in the workforce, you, you understand. You have a general laborer. They may be, they have, may have a ridiculous IQ, but they're a general laborer. But then you have these that are the, ma- the maintenance people, the mechanics. You have the electricians. You have the people that work on the computers. You notice I'm starting, I'm doing this. Their pay rate goes up too. I've worked with them, I know. I've worked with electricians and mechanics and you call them to work on something. A machine, it's happened to me three times. A machine that I've worked on for years I know it inside out, upside down. Called an electrician one day. Told him. Said, this is not doing what it's supposed to do. This is supposed to do this when I turn this switch. I said, the switch is loose. I could take my hand and wiggle it in the hole. The switch was loose. He just looked at me. You know, over his glasses, just looked at me. I'm, I'm, 
I'm the guy running the machine. He's an electrician. So he just looked at me. I said, okay, just to myself. He said, turn this button, turn this one, and everything's working. I tried to tell him again, this is loose. And he just looked at me again. I just stood there and punched the buttons he wanted pushed for two hours. Two hours. So I'm talking about pride. He finally took the cover off to the back of that, where that switch was, and a wire had fell out. Five-minute job took two hours because of pride. What happened to his pride then? <laughs> Same thing. Transferred over to the paper mill, worked over there, had a, what's called a case packer. Some of you don't know what, may know what they are. It's what tissue is packed. It packs the tissue in the case. It opens the case up, has a process. It opens the case up, pushes the tissue in it, and folds it back down and drops it on a conveyor. I've worked on that thing for years. I knew, I stood there and watched it. That's just the type of person that I am. I stand there and just watch it over and over, just see the process, the procedures. This does this, and when this happens, this happens. I knew it upside down, backwards. And I was used to having a mechanic. When something would go wrong, I'd call my mechanic and say, would you adjust this for him? And he'd say, sure. And he'd get in there and adjust it, and we'd watch it, and here we'd go. And then he'd drive off. Well, I got a new mechanic. Because I didn't have tools to play with at that time. Called him. Said, would you adjust this for me? Told him what it was doing. Said, would you adjust this? First thing he said is, that's not the problem. He sure did. That's not the problem. I just backed up. He said, turn this, do this. I, I turned the buttons, pushed the switches, and he would adjust. He adjusted everything on there. He would adjust it, and we'd try it. It wouldn't work. He'd put it back. He'd adjust it, try it. Wouldn't work. He'd put it back. He got around to what I asked him to adjust about an hour and a half later. Adjusted it. It worked. Pride. I've had that happen a lot. Pride. We have to check our pride at the door. We have to check pride at the door. Proverbs 14, 12. Let's look at that. Proverbs 14, 12. See, pride is one thing that will stop the flow of God. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
Now, when it's talking about death, it's not, it can be actual death, but it's also talking about death in the spirit. You'll die spiritually. There is a way which seems right, which is my logical thinking, my reasoning. I've, I have this figured out. I know what to do without seeking God. Pastor Dana said the other day, a while back, she said, and it goes with this scripture, she said, the best we can do is destruction. If we're not led by the Spirit, the best we can do is destruction. When we put our hand to a problem without the Holy Ghost, we cause confusion. We cause chaos. In 1 Corinthians 14, 33, it says that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So if we're confused, we're missing something. If we're confused, we're missing something. We haven't connected with the Spirit. We haven't checked our brain at the door. You know, we, don't, we, don't, we can go to God and not check our brain at the door. We go to God and telling him, I need you to fix this for me, and I want you to fix it this way. This is what you need to do, God. <laughs> That's not checking your brain at the door. That's going in there telling Almighty God how I want him to fix my problem. And it doesn't work. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 5. says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men, to all men, liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. It means he'll give it to you unrestrained. He doesn't hold it back from you. It says, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed says, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. In other words, we go to God, ask God for wisdom. He speaks a word, and then our brain gets involved. We argue, are you sure, God? That is being, I haven't checked my brain at the door. My brain gets involved. Uh, it's like, well, it's just like tithes and offerings. The Bible says if we tithe, windows of heaven are going to be open. I don't know about you, but if I really believed that, I would, I would run, put my tithes and offerings in here first opportunity. But th my brain gets involved and says, well, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure it's going to work for me. It'll work for you, but I don't know if it's going to work for me. 
That's our brain getting involved. Our mind will actually challenge what God says. Verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man. That means that I think one way over here, then God speaks, and I take what God said and what I think, and I weigh the two against each other and choose the one that I want to believe. That's double-minded. God says, if you're double-minded, he lifts his hand back. If you're double-minded, he lifts his hand off of it. Then it's up to you to make it happen. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 18. I like, I like this story. This is one of my favorite, I think. First Kings chapter 18. Start in verse 1. This is the story where Elijah had prophesied a drought, and the drought came. Okay. It says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Let's flip over to verse 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. What was the sound of abundance of rain? You find it in verse 1, where I just read it. The word of the Lord. God said it was going to rain. That was the sound that Elijah heard. Because you can go on down, and it says, And Ahab went up to eat. And drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and cast him down, self down on the earth, and put his face between his knees. Elijah went and prayed. That's what he did. And said to his servant, Go up now and look toward the sea. And he went up and looked, and there was nothing. Elijah didn't say there's a sound of abundance of rain because I hear the thunder. Because we got thunder that comes from this direction now in the summer, which I don't understand. <laughs> but anyway, the clouds, it was not dark. There were no dark clouds in the sky. There were no clouds in the sky. But yet Elijah said, Rain's coming. What did he base that on? The word of the Lord. So what did he do? And he said, 
And he said unto him, Talk to a servant. Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. All he saw this time, he prayed seven times because he heard a word from God. That doesn't mean we pray seven times. Seven actually represents completion. He prayed until he saw what God said. That's completion. He prayed until he saw what God said. God said he was sending rain. He saw a little cloud the size of a man's hand. That's not very big. But when he saw that, it's like, here it comes. You better get down, Ahab, before the rain catches you. Elijah checked his brain at the door. He checked his brain at the door. And he went strictly by what God said. And didn't let up until he saw what God said manifest. Hallelujah. What about... What about Peter when he stepped out of the boat? Peter checked his brain at the door. He left his brain inside the boat. And he like he reached in there and got it and laid it down. Here I come. But he stepped out on a word from God. He didn't just see Jesus and say, oh, here I come. No. He said, Lord, bid me come to thee. And Jesus said, come. Peter stepped out. At that, at that point right there, Peter checked his brain at the door. He left it. Let the Spirit take over. And he stepped out and walked on the water. Here we got David. The Bible tells us David wasn't a big man. The Bible tells us Goliath was a monster of a man. All the Israeli army, every one of them was scared to death of him. Even the king. The king wouldn't even go out and face him. And the king was a big man. Not as big as Goliath, but he was a king. Here goes David out to face a man. Probably three times his size. David walks out there. David takes... Five stones to a sword fight. I'm fixing to come get you. I got five stones. And you got a sword probably six foot long. But I'm coming after you. David checked his brain at the door. Because he knew God. He didn't need but one for Goliath, but Goliath had four brothers. So it's like I'm ready for all of them. 
I'll take out this one, and you and the other four show up. I'll take care of them too. He checked his brain at the door. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have to check our brain at the door. When it comes to walking with God, that's what's required. Leave all of my preconceived ideas, leave all of my thoughts, leave all of my how I think it should be done. I got to leave all of that at the door and go into the presence of God and see what He says. Philippians 13, no, Philippians 4, verse 6. I was fixing to give y'all the page number. Philippians 4, 6 and 8 through 8 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything. And it says, Be careful for nothing. It says, it actually means be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Be anxious for nothing but pray. When we do that, that means we've checked our brain at the door and sought God. And then when we do that, it says the peace of God comes. Verse 8, it says, think on these things. Whatsoever is true, what is true, God's word. What is, whatsoever is honest, God's word. Whatsoever is just, is God's word. Whatsoever is pure, is God's word. Whatsoever is lovely, is God's word. Whatsoever is a good report is God's word. In other words, think on God's word. Think on what he says. Let your mind stay there. Romans eight fourteen says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Led by the Spirit. Those that have checked their brain at the door and let the Holy Spirit lead. They're the sons of God. See, I heard God say, this is what I heard him say. He says, we don't drive the Holy Ghost. We flow with the Holy Ghost. We flow with the Holy Ghost. And I saw it. I, I, I saw a picture. And what I saw was when we flow with the Holy Ghost, it's like a dance in the Spirit. Exactly. It's like a dance in the Spirit. The Holy Ghost leading. We've got to let Him lead. We cannot drive Him.
See, we can drive him in prayer. Oh, no, we can't. We can try to drive him in prayer. We can't drive him in praise. We try to do that, too. I've got an agenda, so God, I praise you. I thank you. Glory, hallelujah to your name. Here's my request. Okay. Done it. Done it. And God's still looking at you like, slow down just a little bit. (laughs) We cannot drive the Holy Ghost. We cannot drive him in praise. We cannot drive him in worship. We cannot drive him to get a breakthrough. I've seen that too. Probably been a part of it. When I mean by drive him to get a breakthrough, it's like, okay, God, I know I've got this issue. I know I've got this issue, and I need to get a breakthrough over it. But God says, but I want to deal with this. No, not, not now, God. This is bigger. I want to deal with this. Guess what? It doesn't get dealt with. We're driving. You're trying to lead the Holy Ghost and still let the Holy Ghost lead you. We cannot drive the Holy Ghost. Driving is our mind. Yeah, I'm not, I... I can sit and think of lots of things I need to deal with. But until the Holy Ghost says deal with it, I might as well just let them alone. I got to let him lead. So I think what he wants, well, I know what he wants to deal with. Not I think. He wants to deal with driving. (laughs) He wants to deal with driving him. He wants to deal with trying to, trying to manipulate and push him to get him to do something instead of just letting him lead you. He wants to deal with... You know what he told me one time? He told me one time, he said, sometimes I want you to just shut up and listen. I want you to just shut up and listen. Just be quiet. That's hard. And I'm not a talker. But it's hard. Put on some music and you gotta and you just you gotta just sit there and and wait. No, it's like shokorata. No. Be still, sit there, shut up. See we can we can even drive him like that. If he says shut up and wait, then I shut up. I don't go to Shokorata, I shake it. I don't do anything. I shut up and wait. If you have an issue with driving the Holy Ghost, then let's, let's pray. Shut up means shut up. You know, he speaks plain sometimes. He has to. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
We cannot force God. That's what driving is. We're trying to force God to do something. He is God Almighty. He is, he's got all the time in the world. He's got eternity. So we don't force him. <laughs> well, we do. We, we can drive him in praise. We can drive him. We can try and drive him in worship. I, I'll just tell y'all, before, as a teacher, it's like I get a, get a word from God. It's like I'm ready to teach. I'm ready to teach. I'm ready to teach. That's, that's in me. It's like I'm ready to let it out. Ready to let it out. Got to let it out. Come on. And Pastor Dana can feel it. She's a praiser. She's a worshiper. She can spend hours in his presence. I've had to learn to just, and I'm still learning, to just let God use her and flow through her. And then when he opens the door, I step into that, and then I teach. Instead of just like, come on, I've got to get this word out to these people. Yeah, I've tried to drive. Just beginning to learn, and I'm over there. I praise you, God. I thank you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for this. I thank you for that. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. And she just leaned over and says, Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. That changed my life. Those, those words right there. Slow down. Because I was, I was driving, and I'm, I'm fixing to pray. I'm fixing to pray. I'm fixing to pray. I'm fixing to pray. <laughs> and if he ever tells you to just sit down and shut up and listen, sit down, shut up, and listen. Is that so? <laughs> oh. You see, I, I would, I had to learn whenever I worked out at the mill. Because I would get up in the mornings and pray before I'd go to work. Well, you know, you have a certain amount of time, so it's like you've got to get your praying in. You've got to, yeah, you, you got to, there's a driving in that. Yeah. And the God gave me a solution, and it's real simple. He told me to set my clock. I'd get up at a certain time to pray, and I knew how long I needed to get ready. He says, set your clock for this time. And then I don't have to worry about nothing else. If I don't say two words to God during that span of time, I'm okay. Yes. It's not that I've got a mission to accomplish. Because yes. I would catch myself praying, looking, praying, looking. Set my clock. Yes. It stopped all of that. It's like, God knows what time it is, so I'm just praying and worshiping. And when the clock goes off, it's like, thank you, Jesus, and get up and get ready. It stops driving. Yes. So, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <coughs> driving. We can't drive the Holy Ghost. All right, let's get your driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Revoke. <laughs> Revoke her driver's license. Hey. Oh, yes. Sure, quarter right. Hey. You know, we've always seen that bumper sticker, God is my co-pilot. No, it's not. He's either the pilot or you're on your own. <laughs> hey, he drives. 
He's the one that steers. He's the one that leads. That's why it says led by the Holy Ghost. Not the Holy Ghost follows me. But spouses can try to drive their spouse, can try and push them to the Holy Ghost instead of letting the Holy Ghost do the work. My wife did. She wanted me to want God like she did. I'm sorry, but I didn't want God like she did. God told her to leave me alone. He told her to take her hands off. Let me alone. When she did, I mean, she had good intentions. I understand. This is wonderful. But back before I stepped into it, it's like, I don't know. I'm happy where I'm at. (laughs) I'm happy. But when she took her hands off, quit trying to... And she wasn't mean and ugly. She's like, you better get right. She wasn't none of that. It's like, come on. Come with me. Let's do this. She was just as sweet as she could be. But still, it was pushing me. And then when she quit, it wasn't no time the Holy Ghost was able to get a hold of me. We cannot drive anyone We cannot drive our children to God. You'll drive them them away from God. We can't force an answer from God. Exactly. He says he'll he'll give us his wisdom, but we cannot force him. Yeah, he's, he's, I've prayed before stepping into being pastor. God gives me a word. Usually I'm working on one for next week. Or I have a week at least to work on one. He's given me one on Saturday for Sunday. You think I'm not getting anxious? But it's like, okay, God, if you give me a word, fine. If you don't, I'm fixing to step up there and we're just going to flow with the Holy Ghost. But we cannot drive the Holy Ghost. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that you lead. You said those that are led by your Spirit are the sons of God. Lord, we just thank you that you lead. Lord, we just ask that you would continue to reveal to us where we try and drive you. We just ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.